All right. Welcome, man. Episode one. Episode one. Workout, I, chest jokes. I am shaking. Yeah, I'm still sweating. So I'm still hot. I'm surprised you're letting me sit in your office with a sweaty ass on your office chair. And by the way, you're going to use this chair all week at work. So when you talk to me at work, know that I sat here. I, I will keep that in mind as I'm working. <laughs> we just worked out. Did some back. Yeah. Some abs. And I'm shaking. I'm literally shaking right now. You kind of killed me on the ab workouts. I guess I guess I was doing like the candy ass version of core and ab day. Uh, but I came over here. You had me deadlifting and doing abs till failure. So now I'll have to sit down all week. Dude. It's going to hurt to sit down. But <laughs> it's going to be painful to lay and get up. <laughs> oh, man. So just wanted to kind of talk because we both like talking. Yeah, we do. We do. We realized this last week after we uh, talked for three hours longer than we worked out. Uh, yeah. We did work out last week, but we definitely worked our mouth out as well. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until your wife called you and was like, are you overstaying your welcome? <laughs> so you realize what time it was. And <laughs> well, and that's, and that's what we, you know, we, we talk about, we talked about a little bit of that last week. I always do like, I don't know, you know, like I'll yeah. follow people around and talk to them. Like I have, I have a few random people I know in the food store that I'll shop with, which is ridiculous <laughs> for someone to state, <laughs> but you know, you know, there's a lot of good stories to be had. Yeah. You don't get a lot of shopping done, but <laughs> you know, and sometimes, like, especially the older people, they'll, like, ask me, hey, can you reach out on the top shelf? And I'm like, I can, in fact. And also. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should say, I mean, like, you're a tall guy. How tall are you? I'm 6'3". 6'3". Yeah. This beast can barely fit in my basement gym. Yeah, so <laughs> There's so, no I, overhead exercises to be done. <laughs> <laughs> no. Only, only if we're sitting down. That's only the, sitting down. Yeah, only sitting down or laying down. There's no chin-ups to be done. No, 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 no. <laughs> the men's chin reaches the chin-up bar. Yeah, it literally <laughs> does. <laughs> Doing always, any effort. I'm always afraid I'm going to hit my head on something, too. And I'm 5'5". Five five. I'm, I'm, five five. I'm, really? I'm short. You, you appear taller than 5'5". Five five. I'm wider. <laughs> no, no, you appear... To me, you appear... And I, maybe you're just like, you know... You're just like a boss in that regard, but you appear to be like, you know, I would say closer to like 5'12". And in my mind, five you're 5'12". You mean six foot? No, <laughs> yeah. nowhere near. Well, I, you know, I, you can't go straight six on a comment like that. You have to you have to put it at 5'12". From your side, it's just like, yeah, look at all the little people. It doesn't matter. No, but you know what? It's 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 a blessing and a curse, right? Because one, I hit my head on everything and I, that I walk by. And then two, I can be found very easily. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's quite easy for me to be found. Like in the store, like anyone can pick me out. Like look for the guy with the gray beard that towers over everybody else. Yeah. However, at a basketball game, I am one of the shortest people there <laughs> some of the time. <laughs> Do you play basketball? Uh, I did a little bit, just you know, yeah. just in Philly. I lived in Philadelphia. Yeah. I'll go down, you know, as a kid. Yeah, yeah. like it, that's like. The one nice part about the playground was the basketball court because sometimes the slides were questionable. They always had graffiti on it and stuff, but um, I played basketball in the park for for a long time. Yeah. You're you're like a gentle giant. You're so humble. You're just like very I, you know like kind of like have soft spoken, really funny, and all this stuff. But was it you know having your height in school? Did it ever? become a bullying thing or they just stayed away from you thinking that you know you were bigger 
No, it was like the Marines. Like everybody wanted a piece of the big guy. It was terrible. <laughs> it, like, it was terrible. It's like so. Elementary school was good. I went to a good elementary school around the corner from my house in Northeast Philadelphia, Lawton Elementary School, and it was wonderful. Great teachers, kids were great, and all my friends. And I went to middle school at Ziegler, which was a little closer to the Oxford Circle, and that was kind of a hard school. The first day I was in there, I was in a fight, and then. Every other week, someone wanted to meet up outside the classroom. And the teachers kind of like, they were like, man, this is like part of going to school. I'm like, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's not part of going to school. So, yeah, like it's, it's like I said, it's a blessing and a curse. But, you know, everyone does want to pick on the big guy. But that, when I got older in high school, like, don't, don't pick on the big guy. Because then I was, I, I was like truly 6'3 at that point, 6'2. Mm-hmm. And I was always like 220 pounds. So, yeah, I don't know. I think. I came when I was 10. We lived in West Philly. Then it, it was completely right away, like, getting picked on and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Just being different, not speaking English, all, all that stuff. And it, it, it sucked. It sucked. Like, it, it just walking home, it would be like, I got into so many fights. I remember one time I was walking with a buddy of mine. And these, like, I was already, like, sixth grade, maybe. And, mm-hmm. and you know, these third graders or whatever were passing by the bike maybe like five or six of them and they just like screamed out like some obscenity and 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 i turned around and I flipped them off and they all just like just stopped their bike and and wanted to come and fight and i'm like all right five little a-holes like and yeah. me and me and my buddy you know we got this and i turn around my buddy's gone it's just me beating on like third graders, like, sixth grader, until I can't anymore. And they, they just like freaking, and I'm like, what the hell, man? Like, for what reason? Like, they're the ones that start. It, it's just all the time. Like, it, it just happened a lot. It was, and that, that's the difference growing up in the city, close to the city versus, you know, where we're, we're at now, we're in the suburbs. Yeah. Because I, I had so many experiences, like, Birthday parties always had at least one fist fight, for sure. Whether that was between family members or friends, didn't matter. But I had this one time I was at my friend's 16th birthday party, and she had a really long backyard with a long driveway. And these other kids wanted to come in. They weren't allowed to come in because there was already like 50 kids at the party. And they threw a bottle at the fence, and it broke, and it shattered, and it sprayed like a couple of my friends in the face, and it cut their face. Yeah. So then I heard my name called out front. So I went out. I was like, I always had the best intentions. I was like, hey, guys, what's up? And they were like, it's on, you know, and just like rolled on me. Like that was a thing. You know, that was another thing growing up in Philly. Like you got rolled on, meaning you got beat up by multiple multiple different people people at the same time. Right. So I'm out there just getting destroyed. Some dude like Superman punched me from running across the street and I'm on the ground and and and. All, out of a corner of my eye, I see my buddy come out holding a handkerchief full of blood in his mouth and just like mollywop someone. Like he came to my rescue. But then he started getting rolled on because we were still outnumbered. And then the absolute worst thing in the world that can happen to a 16-year-old man happened to me. My girlfriend jumped on my back while I was getting my ass beat <laughs> to stop them from beating on me. So then everyone was like, you know, 
your girlfriend had to save you. <laughs> that was terrible, man. That stayed with me forever. I was like, you should just let me get beat up. I would have got stitches. You know, I'd be fine. <laughs> yeah, the beating up part is like it happens and then it goes away and then you see those people and it's fine, right? Yeah. The, <laughs> the girlfriend jumping on your back. That, <laughs> that's something that is like people bring up later on. It's yeah. like, you know what happened this one time? <laughs> <laughs> the, the emotional anguish of that memory yeah. is enough to torture my soul for the rest of my life. Plus, every time the story is told by another that was there and witnessed, they get to remove my man card every time. <laughs> so <laughs> that's, one, that's one thing. <laughs> it's, it's tough, man. Growing up, it's tough, especially in Philly. I don't know. It, 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 there's, there was bomb threats all the time because people did yeah. not want to go to go to class <laughs> school what was and, that about i don't know like i swear to god there was like bomb threads all the time where we just like okay another one and we would go outside we would go across the street yeah. the police would come search everything and nothing would be and then be like oh yeah apparently a kid had a test and didn't want to take it and <laughs> wow and, and that was the thing it, it so it desensitized me so much that i remember i had a bomb threat like uh, you know, like the uh, the school, the high school had yeah, like a couple a, years uh, ago, and and a couple of years ago, and my wife comes to me all like, you know, like shocked, like she's like there was a bomb threat, at the... and I was like, uh huh, <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, yeah, we have yeah. them all the time, and then I realized like, as I'm saying that I'm like, this is not normal, like for me to be desensitized to that type of you know like action it's just not normal like i got we used to have metal detectors going into the school yeah yeah and and i i went and i was like i remember there was a certain door that they didn't have a metal detector and nobody checked and i went to be cool not the beepers were cool back then but i had a beeper you know <laughs> and, <laughs> and i wanted to bring it in and and, and then without and, and so i would just bring it in through that door and it was just known that that was the door that nobody checked and you know you could just go in and i remember one time there was a kid who brought a gun to school just to show it off it wasn't like today's kind of thing it was just like check this out you know, kind of, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And somebody reported him and he got arrested and all that stuff. But it was just normal, everyday thing. There would be, like, fights. Like you said, people got rolled on. One guy got stumped on so bad, like, he ended up surgery and not coming back. I mean, like, it, the security guard got into a fight with a, with a student one time. Mm-hmm. It's just all the time was something. Just fight after fight. There was no learning going on in that in that school. Yeah, and that's why I used to, like, whenever my kids would tell me, oh, there was, like, talk of a bomb threat and, like, some kid brought fireworks to school, I'd be like, they're just some fireworks. <laughs> that, that's fine. Like, pipe bombs are, are fireworks to me. I don't know them to be dangerous, right? Like, because we used to make them, right? Get a whole bunch of matches and cut, a, cut the end of a tube off pack the match heads in there and then light it on fire when you put it back together. Right. That's a bomb. Right. I can sit. I called that a firework growing up. <laughs> like, that's fucked up. It is. It is. But that's, that's like what we do in the alleyway. We'd be like, yo, do you guys get enough matches? Let's make the fireworks. There wasn't, it made shrapnel. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a firework. We, we would just stack like boxes and boxes of matches and put them in, in like all facing each other. <laughs> 
and then throw <laughs> yeah. it. I think it would just like burn so hot that it would leave a star burn pattern into the mm-hmm. concrete. And now that <laughs> when we, I like I said, I came when I was 10 years old and we did that as even younger. I went back like maybe, what, five years later? No, 10 years later, I went back to Paraguay. We went to see my childhood home. Mm-hmm. And in the back, in the in the patio, was those star burn patterns <laughs> still there? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it, it's nuts, man. Growing up, growing up was fun. I mean, there there was a lot of fun things. You know, oh, used to, that's all I had was fun. Yeah. School and like other th- that was all after the fact. All I did. The city is like a living in like Philadelphia or growing up in the city. There's never ending things to do and never ending fun as a kid. But there's also the trouble. Right, there there comes a the point. I used to get in so much trouble, so there's much that. trouble. There's that, and and we're talking this with my wife because, as kids, I mean, I came when I was ten, and we lived here in Philly, and it was like West Philadelphia, and it's probably like a thirty minute train ride to the city, mm-hmm. and I used to get on a train after school, like a year later, when I'm eleven, and just go on the train, go downtown go to my uncle's shop and help him out there and then come back at like 7 or 8 p.m. and call my parents from the payphone collect where they'll be like, who's calling? And and I'll be like, it's Jose, pick me up and I'll hang up. And then they would, like, they would see, all they hear is like, Jose, come pick me up. It's like, <laughs> it's calling, collect call. Do you like to accept the charges? Yeah. And it's like, no. And they, they would know to come pick me up <laughs> from the train station. And, and, yeah. and it's like, we're talking about an eleven-year-old in the city, yeah, <laughs> taking the train at night and all mm-hmm. this stuff. I don't even let my kids here <laughs> go down to the store, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, and and they're you know older, like, and I'm just like, man, like, like, does it is anybody like us too? Like, are we just overprotective? And you know, no. I'm just like saying, no, no, it's like I think it just depends, you know, like who. Like, how you know your kid? Like, right now with our kids, like, we're, you know, teaching them, you know, how to cross the road safely, how to, you know, how to look out, you know, for for things and go to the store and get change and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like it's a skill that, you know, they don't just pick up on their own. And, And where we as kids, we just did it. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's just different generation. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Like that's the thing. Like it was, not, it wasn't a big deal for me to go walk across the Tacony Bridge and cross over into New Jersey, right? <laughs> like that was the big deal. <laughs> but like, yeah. So that, like, I think my kids were like, "Hey, we're gonna walk over to New Jersey." I'm like, "No, you're not." Yeah. Like, you, you can take an Uber. Yeah. <laughs> like, or, or I'll drive you there, yeah. but you're not going there. Yeah. That's what, weird, man. What? When we? I remember. I mean, I was older already, like seventeen, eighteen. I was driving, and I, I didn't come home all day. And my uh, my my mom asked me like, "Where you been?" Like just wondering like, "Where you been?" I was like, "Oh, we went to Atlantic City." Like it's like <laughs> yeah, she's right. like, "What?" I'm like why? You know, it's like it's like I'm still kind of like a child in in some ways, but you know, in other ways, it's like, "Oh yeah, we decided to go to Atlantic <laughs> City for yeah, like with a body of mine." And it's like. 
what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, his, his friend wanted to go, so we all went. And I, I shouldn't have meant this, but we have fake IDs. So <laughs> no, <man>. who did? <laughs> like, we're in the casino. And to us, it's like, you know, we're putting 20, 40 bucks and that's it. We're done. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like 30 minutes of fun at most. <laughs> yeah. Where the guy we went with was a hardcore poker player. Mm-hmm. And he was there for hours. <laughs> and he drove. So there's nothing we can do for right. hours. <laughs> and we're just sitting there. And then he finally finishes and he's like, yeah, I got, you know, the diamond level card. Let's go have buffet. It's mm-hmm. free. You know? <laughs> and then I was like, we ate and then we, we came home. But it was just like, what the hell do we do? You know, like, like, can't leave on our own. He's it, playing there forever. It like, sucks watching <laughs> you play poker all this time. You know, which is not fun for me. Oh, man. That's... My mother used to be a hardcore gambler. Love slot machines. Like, high roller, like $100. Like, the machine that gate took 50s and 100s. Like, and that is very hard to watch. Especially when you're broke. <laughs> I think I'd be broke, like, just, you know, trying to, like, pay the rent. And she would just be like eating those hundreds in there. Like yeah. she would hit like a three thousand dollar jackpot that was just like that would keep you going. And like My mother in law was like that for a while. But you know, then now she stopped. I can't take the just... multiple noises. When you walk in, there's fifty songs all playing at the same time. I uh, I don't know. I don't like casinos. I don't like you know, game of chances and all this stuff. There there were some times where played a little bit but i'm not one of those that like yeah i want to go there like it, it's like oh i'm here and there's a casino mm-hmm. sure let, let me play a little bit or whatever and just put money aside and if i lose it i lose it which is normally the case now but i remember one time when i was younger too i, I used to compete uh in taekwondo uh-huh. and there was a national competition going on in atlantic city and uh, i went over there I competed, and I went, I think I was already, like, over 21 by that point. I competed, and I was like, oh, let me, in between competition, let me go uh, play some, you know, um, dice. And and I went there, and I won, like, $400. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> like, I could buy myself an iPod Touch. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it was like that and my wife was like you know like what you know like what are you I've been married yeah I've been married since I was 19 so it's like my wife was like what are you where'd you get this money I was like I wanted to rich now rich baby <laughs> it was different times like, when, when, when like 60 bucks was a lot of money you know like, I, I remember it like it was yesterday man because I didn't make it to the suburbs here and get a, the good job that we have until Ten nine years ago, that's when I came here. My, I was I'm 47 now. That was 37. I had a lot of life in Philadelphia before I I made it. I worked really hard to get there. But like, you know, we, we talk you're talking about gambling, and you know, I don't like gambling. I can't take the casino because of the multiple different songs they play. However, if we're at the office on Monday or Wednesday and you're like, hey, let's go flip quarters outside or play, roll some <laughs> dice against the wall, I'm all in. 
I'll, I'll bring my, my dollars with me and we'll flip quarters the whole time. <laughs> like those, cause those are the games that chance I grew up on. Right. Yeah. Like it was half ball or wiffle ball. And then it was, you know, flipping quarters. And then with the, see, that's another way we resolved our differences too. back, look back in Philly. Like we, our parents always said like, you you should never result to violence. And everyone was really close growing up, but that didn't stop someone from getting beat with a wiffle ball bat, <laughs> which hurt really bad because it produces welts. You can't get seriously injured from it, but if you get a whooping with a wiffle ball bat from your boy for like mouthing off, yeah, it hurt, man. <laughs> it hurt. Yeah. It hurt bad. I don't. I don't think we had that growing up. I <laughs> uh, well, I watched my friend chase this and my other friend down the street just whap 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 whap. He's like, stop! <laughs> Followed him into his house. <laughs> you know. Uh, we came in 97, and I remember my dad came in 96, and he he had a job already established and all this stuff by the mm. time we came, and, you know, we just stayed in this little apartment, it was like two bedroom, mm. all four of us, and my brother and I slept in the living room, mm-hmm. and my dad was like, you guys gotta get out, you know, you can't stay in the house all day long and you know he gave us some money and he's like there's an Italian store down the street go get bread and stuff like that walk around mm-hmm. we come out and there's a cop like chasing a guy you know and all this stuff and, and cuts him off and then the rest is him and then starts pulling guns and knives out of his pocket and we're like, what the heck did we get ourselves into coming here? <laughs> it was so weird. Such a shock of culture. So, I don't know. I can only imagine because I, I kind of grew up with the the brutality of the city. If you want to call it that. I lived in a, a pretty good spot. But like things happen, just seem to follow us and happen you know, around. Like I remember one time when I was old enough to start going to other neighborhoods. I think I was like, I don't know, I might have been 15 or 16. And we, you know, my buddy were, you know, just walking around and it was like nine 30. We were allowed to stay out to like, you know, 11. Um, and this guy, we, we came up upon this guy. He was outside of a bar and he was like beating up on his girlfriend. He's really rough with her. So my buddy, I'll call Jay. He, he goes up to, he's like, why don't you pick on someone your own size? This dude's 120 pounds, right? Like, by his wrestler, 120 pounds. He's talking to this giant guy outside of the bar who, like, just hit his girlfriend. And the dude turns around. And Jay's like, it's on. The guy's like, it's on. Jay takes off. He runs away. I'm like, well, at least he, like, got the guy to, like, stop paying attention to beating up on his girlfriend. So Jay turns a corner, right? And the guy turns a corner. And then I'm still looking. The big dude who was beating up on his girlfriend comes running back around the corner with a surprise look on his face. And Jay's running with a two-by-four. <laughs> I'm going to whip this, right? So then they go to the other end of the block and they turn that corner. I see Jay turn the corner. Then Jay comes back with no two by four and a surprise look on his face. And the big dude has like this, this like, like end of a stop sign. Like, and he, like just the pole that was like broken. Some car hit it. And he's chasing Jay. He's going to beat Jay, right? So they go back to the same end of the corner. The dude turns the corner, comes back around. With a, hit, a surprise look on his face, and Jay has a shovel. 
right? A big metal, like the old school snow shovel and shovel. Like it, like, it, like, it was it was it was crazy. So Jay's like he's like, it's on, it's over now. And the dude turns the corner and Jay steps and swings to get him before he steps around the corner. And to his demay, to his like he hits, he, he goes bong, like he makes contact, right? And he didn't hit the guy, unfortunately. The guy's girlfriend was still getting up from like being hit, and he hit her in the head with the shovel. And Jay was like, he looked at me, and he's like, uh, I'm out. I'm yeah. out of here. I gotta go. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I was like, oh, is your girlfriend okay? And I was like, it was comical. I was like, wait, why are we doing this? <laughs> why are we doing this? Yeah. I think comical is <laughs> It's a shame. I guess a shame. She was okay. She had a lump on her head, but like, as long as she's okay now. But it was like it was like it was like you know the Wiley Coyote type stuff you know cartoons are made out of. It was back and forth. We, we, I, we used to play hockey, like street hockey. Oh yeah, and and or roller hockey and all this stuff. And my my friend and I would be like, oh, let's swing the stick around, and I'm gonna say <laughs> duck, and you duck, and I'm gonna say jump, and you jump, yeah. and all this stuff, and you know, like kids being stupid with something you know because they yeah. have something in their hand and we're like yeah you know and then he says like duck and he goes over and then he says jump and i go and then i jump and one time he says jump and he goes over and hits me in the head and just clops me and and starts bleeding and we just kind of like covered the blood and all this we didn't get stitches or anything like that for the longest time my freaking head hurt like i, I definitely needed <laughs> stitches but i did not tell my parents that that, that happened <laughs> years later i shaved my head and you know like when you when you break your head like and when you crack your head and yeah. you get stitches you get a scar there where no hair grows and i shaved my head my my mom sees like two scars and she's like, I remember when that happened. When did this happen? And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Like, a, <laughs> and you didn't tell me? And it's like, no, no, I didn't tell you. <laughs> it's like, what the heck? And like, <laughs> when did that me. happen? <laughs> man, it, it's, it's different, man. Like, our kids, like, now, it's like they, they come in here. They they run around. They, they, they have their... Mm-hmm their play dates with their friends and all that stuff and it usually involves a computer yeah. <laughs> they all go into a room with a computer and play you know yeah. with each other and all that stuff yeah. but then when they're actually running around it's it, it's different it's like less violent <laughs> and not that i want them to be more violent because as soon as anything goes down we're like oh no you can't do that yeah but as kids we did that oh, <laughs> you know like, and it's like i don't know man there's a little bit of a you know like kind of thing goes in my head like it's like you know it's like oh man i sound like my parents <laughs> <laughs> i understand now <laughs> yeah, yeah the 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 emotional roller coaster of looking after two other human beings yeah. is difficult scary and fun but for instance, you, you're talking about like how we were like very frivolous on getting hurt. We we did things for fun that potentially injured us all the time. All the time. <laughs> kids, right? All the time. Now our kids are kind of different, right? So like, I agree. Like my 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 you two have daughters. My, I got boys. Right, my girls, right? So I don't. I so yesterday, and this just goes to show how like 
non-lethal their lives really are. <laughs> so my daughter, my, my wife's on night shift, right? She's like, if anyone wakes me up, you're dead. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God, yeah, I'm going to be on. Everyone's going to stay quiet. My daughter, as soon as my wife falls asleep when she gets home, raises the whole house screaming, I cut myself. So we run up there. She had a cut on her finger, right? A little cut on her finger. Yeah. <laughs> she broke her lamp in her room. She was cleaning. A little cut. I'm like, that's wrap that up. You're done. That's a Band-Aid. There's no reason. Yeah. Reaction. yeah. But that, that kind of stuff, when I thought about that, I was like, yeah, they're not used to getting cut or hurt or anything like we like we were. Yeah, boys is different. My yeah, I'm different. sure. Yeah. My, so <laughs> my boys are in scouts. They're both yeah. in scouts. They they there's a certain point in scouts where the older one can carry a knife. You know, he he's passed the course of like knife mm-hmm. safety. He's actually very good. If he ever needs to use the knife, you know, he's careful. He does his whole thing, making sure that nobody's around. You know, cuts away from himself. Never had an incident with it. Mm-hmm. The younger one got his whittling chip, which basically gives him the right to have a knife, but not carry it, and can only use it with adult supervision. Mm-hmm. So he got his whittling chip. We go to camp, and and I was like, "Do you want a knife?" And he's like, "Yeah." And so I got him like a little Victorino one, with the the small little pocket knife. And I'm thinking, yeah, this is a good one. You know, all the other ones is like big and all this stuff. This one is sharper, better, better quality. You know, probably better knife for you. For you. And he was like, okay. So we got him that. Older one goes to camp. Gets this Bigfoot knife. Is gold. And, and it has like an assist flick to it. it. It's amazing. I love that knife. Technically, I bought it for myself. <laughs> and he's like, is that for me? And I was like, sure, buddy. You can sure. But I, I carry it every once in a while. It, it's really cool. Um, but anyway, they get home. And apparently, they were comparing knives. <laughs> All I know is somebody comes downstairs with a, a Band-Aid. And, and he's like, Dad, I cut my finger. I was like, how'd you cut your finger? My brother and I were comparing knives, <laughs> and, and I cut my finger. And I was like, "So you were using a knife without adult supervision?" Yes. Give me the knife, and I took it away. <laughs> but that's like normal. Like, and and he already had a bandaid on because the other one knows first aid from scouts too and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So he jumped right on that. He's like, "Here you go. Put pressure on it. You know, put the the, the thing." He 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 got this. I was like. Psh. That's amazing. Yeah, that is because that's <laughs> that, not the experience I have when someone gets cut <laughs> in my house. <laughs> no, they, they 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 you know cut and scrape all the time. Even yeah. though they're very much indoor kids and play a lot inside mm-hmm. and all that stuff, they they're pretty rough when they are playing and you know cuts and nosebleeds and yeah, it's fine. Punches in the face happen. <laughs> punches in the face. I can't tell you how many times I've been punched in the face as a kid. Oh my god, my my older son, one time punched the younger son to the point that he had pretty much a black eye and 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 i was like what the heck man what happened he's like well you know he wouldn't let me sleep and it's like you can't do that <laughs> we had the whole conversation i mean th- this is not normal it, it was a one-time thing but like mm-hmm. just you know you're stronger than him you gotta be careful the whole thing right that next day he goes to school the little one runs into a tree 
Luckily, the Reese's aide saw that. Mm-hmm. He goes in and, and he gets another black eye. Oh, man. <laughs> on the other side. And his nose is like all scraped up. Uh-huh. And they're like, what happened? And he's like, well, I ran into a tree and this one, my brother did it. And it's, well, you know, where were your parents? And it's like, well, they were sleeping. And, and so then they called us like, you know, did you know? I was like, yeah, the kid has a black eye. Yeah, I know. You know, there's nothing we could have done. Well, what are their sleeping arrangements? You know, and I'm like, they have their own room, but they just choose to sleep next to each other all the time. They mm-hmm. want to sleep together all the time. You know, and, and no matter what I do, they don't want to be go to their own room. Even if I say you're going to go to your room. Now they're both going to go to uh, the other person's room. Mm-hmm. And, and but they just fight. They're brothers, you know. And mm-hmm. it's like, is there anything else that you can do? Like, what the hell are you trying to teach me how to raise my kids and all this stuff? It's like, first of all, besides this incident, they're really freaking love each other, and they 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 can't spend even when they're fighting, even whatever and all this stuff. They just like, you know, at the end of the night, they're like, can can he still sleep in my room that day? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's. So we're not, you and I grew up in a different place. We're not used to the level of questions that you receive in an abnormal situation growing up, right? So when something went down at school, my teacher would be like, you, that, they're fine. Like, they're, don't worry about them. You worry about yourself. No throwing stuff into the front of the classroom. Like, they didn't care as much, right? So, like, that, that would happen to us. Like, it even, and that's just because so many people are watching the kids in, in a better school system. I, I assumed yeah. it was better and more people, it was more eyes on, more people looking after them. That my, my daughter didn't bring lunch one day and they were like, is everything okay at home? She came home with a gift card to <laughs> Acme, a $50 gift card. They were like, you take this and you buy lunch, you know, for, I'm like, I called the school. I was like, thanks for the gift card. We bought us dinner tonight, but we don't need it. She just refused to take her lunch. <laughs> Because <laughs> she was on this thing, like she was that girl thinking like, her friends don't want to be seen eating in public because it was, you know, they were teenagers and they their self image yeah. was very important and it was the thing, and like they, it was a whole thing. Was... Wait, so I told you, my, my my wife is doing great teaching our kid how to, um, like basically survive on their own and kind of like go shopping and get changed yeah, and all this stuff, especially like you know with our older son so basically we we my wife gives my kid twenty dollars and was like go buy eggs and milk right. and and he goes to the store grabs milk grabs two eggs and goes to the counter and it was like over twenty dollars uh-huh. so you know inflation is hitting because my <laughs> yeah. wife was like what, what? eggs yeah. and milk is over 20 bucks yeah so anyway the he didn't have enough money for, you know, the eggs and milk. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the cashier, like, takes it out of her pocket. Really? To pay the dollar something. Wow. Extra. And, and so my son comes to the car and tells my wife, like, it costs more. Like, shows her the receipt and all that stuff. So my wife is, like, you know, like, freaked out. Like, what the hell? Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I didn't know. You know, and all this stuff. And so she, she grabs two bucks and was like, go give to the cashier. Tell her, mm-hmm. thank you. And, but, you know, and she, he goes and tries to give it and she, she refused. <laughs> Again, it's like, 
we don't need the help. It's like, you know, but that the same thing. It's like, yeah. holy crap, like, what the hell? Like, it's, it, oh my God, 20 bucks for eggs and milk. Like, that. that's how you know inflation is hitting hard. Yeah, as I say, like, I better make more money every year. Dude, because. <laughs> it, it is ridiculous. I went to Five Guys the other day, and it was mm-hmm. like $40 for yeah, two burgers, crazy. fries, and a shake. Yeah, I all but stopped I called, out. well... It was just like one of those things. It's like, oh, like, you want to, you know, you want to grab some burgers or something? I was like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. So I called five guys I had, and I was like, okay, can I get two burgers, shake, and fries? And they're like, yeah, 39 something. And I'm like, huh, that must have been a mistake. I'll just go in there, figure it out. So I'm like, two burgers, fries, and shake. Yeah, 39 something. 40 bucks for two burgers, fries, and shake? Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. I was like, what the heck? Because I know the whole inflation thing has been happening for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and people have been talking about it. And, you know, we live comfortably and we can see it happening here and there. But it doesn't hit you until, like, you know, your fast food... <laughs> It's costing a lot. Like, <laughs> yeah. even the restaurants. Like, we go out to restaurants every once in a while, and I'm a little bit desensitized over, you know, the bill. And and so I don't pay attention too much about it. But then when you're, like, 40 bucks for two burgers, I'm like, Jesus, so, yeah, man. Like I'm this not is... desensitized to it. Let me tell you, let's, let's go have lunch over at Harvest. She'll be like, what? Why is this $200? <laughs> like... <laughs> It's insanely expensive out there now. So then, so you know what's interesting about Five Guys is, so it's forty bucks for two burgers and you get fries. You get fries, fries and a shake. Okay, so you open the bag right, and there's an overabundance of fries, and you're like, wow, they hooked me up, right? That's how you feel. (laughs) But the reason that they put the fries in the bottom of the bag is because it doesn't cost them. Fries are a wash for them. They don't make yeah. money on fries. They do that so they can charge $40 for two burgers, right? To make you feel like you got a lot yeah. when you do really get it. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, it is ridiculous. Anyway, it's not good for you. So we don't do it up anyway. Now, now we'll say we don't do it because of the price, but really we shouldn't do it at all. <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't, but there are some good burgers there. You know what we were talking about last week was dreams. And I was, uh, it was really messed up because I never remember my dreams. And then after you had asked me questions about them, I had one this week and it sucked. <laughs> I dreamt I was mowing my lawn. What a <laughs> shitty dream to have, man. I have dreams sometimes. <laughs> Why? Why my lawn though? Like I did, I was not looking forward to doing that yesterday. And all I could think about when I was cutting lawn yesterday was that I dreamt about doing it. <laughs> and it was a terrible I had time. one time dream. That we were buying a house and it was like, you know, a, a humongous house or something like that. And so we go look at it and my wife goes, I'm not, you know, I'm not buying this house until I sleep one night in it. Like, it's a big purchase. I need to know what it feels like to sleep in a house like this. And I'm like, honey, that's not normal. Nobody freaking asked to sleep over a house. <laughs> You know, to, 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 in order before <laughs> buying it, and she's like, "No, you know, like I'm gonna get this done, you know, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not spending blah, blah blah until you know, until I know what it feels like." And I'm like, "Oh God, right?" And so, 
next thing I know, it's like we're getting ready to sleep over the night in this house. And I'm like, okay, you know, cool. And this is fun, you know, and we're going through the amenities and, you know, we... We say goodnight, we fall asleep, we come back in the next day, basically in my dream, like waking up, we're having breakfast in this house, and we're all talking about how great it is, how nice layout the kitchen, this and that. And I asked her, I was like, how'd you pull this off? How'd you pull off to sleep in a house, like basically before we buy it? Mm-hmm. And she said, I didn't ask anybody, we're just doing it. I'm like, <laughs> that's in? breaking and entering. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'm freaking out. Like, I'm gonna get arrested. You know, like, 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 like. You can't sleep you here. Can't, you can't do that, right? This is like, called squatting. Yeah, like, <laughs> we this can't is do like this. breaking and entering. Like, what are you doing? And then I see, I'm starting cleaning, and I see the realtor come in through the driveway, and it, it's one of those things that, you know, like. <laughs> He comes in, he sees me cleaning, and I thought, I'm busted. But the guy <laughs> real sees a Hispanic man cleaning <laughs> house oh, and thinks that it's <laughs> part of the cleaning crew that the, the owner's hired. Up, and I up. just go along with, <laughs> with, the, <laughs> with the story so because the I'm card. like, yeah, you know, I just got to go buy some more cleaning surprise. I'll be right back. And we bolt it. <laughs> and I, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and I wake up, and, and I wake up, and I'm just like in such a like confused state. And I look over to my wife, and I think she would do something like. That. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just hilarious. I was like, yeah, she would. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was a great dream, though. <laughs> yeah, see, that's a good dream. Uh, and the only other dreams I have are heading and douche dreams. That make no sense, like you know, flying in airplanes and jets that have no wheels on the bottom, and I can't land them. <laughs> like it's some bad situation, or or trying to milk elephants, giant war elephants. Where do they even come from? They're not milkable. You can't. What do you why mean they're not milkable? They're mammals. You don't milk them like a cow, though. For milk, <laughs> elephants don't do that. Like <laughs> it's like a. Meet the parents. It's like, I got devils. Can you grab yeah. me? <laughs> you, you, you tell, how do you do it? Yeah. You, you, you grab the little teats and you just go side to side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, man. Dream, dreams are funny. I, I don't... I, I can't... There, there's so many times though that I, I've had those kind of dreams that I, I wake up and I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. It's like, that would happen. <laughs> I, I rarely remember them but my wife on the other hand she's kind of like what I consider to be like a half in and out like medium like there's been times she'd be like yo who's George and I'd be like oh George was a she's like this, this guy George came to me and told me he had a lot of fun sitting on Conley Street on the yellow sofa hanging out with you in the alleyway drinking beer like, and she described all these things that she should not know about about me and this guy, George, one of my best friends growing up who died, died young. Um, and he came to her after his death. We, she, we looked it up online and he like came to her in a dream. She dreamt about it and he had a message for me to like, not worry about it. Don't feel bad about it. You know? Um, and it was like a day after he passed. 
So and like she came to me with that, and I hadn't thought it. I hadn't. I lost touch with George like five, six years, and he like that. That was like a thing. Other times she'd be like, "Don't go on ninety five today." I'd be like, "Why?" She'd be like, "I just have a feeling. Don't do it." Accident on ninety five. It's time I'd be driving yeah. away. Or like she, and no, also my, too, she stops me from making lots of bad decisions. I'll be like, oh, "This contractor 100%. is cheaper. I'm gonna go with him." She's like, no. "I got a bad feeling." No. Yeah. yeah, my she, wife all the time. Intuitive. It, it yeah. super super intuitive to the point that she says, "When are you gonna listen to me?" And finally understand that I know better. <laughs> yeah. And I go, you could tell me that pig is going to fly and he takes off flying and I'm still not going to listen. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> and that's just me being stubborn. But in all, in all seriousness, she's amazing. Amazing, amazing. At no, like being, that. you know, being intuitive, being like really, you know, like the stuff that she says just comes true. And I'm like, like even this house mm-hmm. that we're sitting in, it's like, we, she's like, oh, I want a pool for the kids. And we looked it up and then to get a pool installed, it would have been like a two year wait, you know, and, and we were like, oh, you know, that that's a long time. And I'm like, I don't want to pay for a pool because that's not going to go into the equity of the house too much. Like it's, it's, you know, like I, 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 I don't want to waste the money. So we looked at buying a new house. And he, everything that we went to buy, it was just like the market was so hot, you know. And she's like, no, by the end of July, my kids are swimming in their own pool. And I'm just like, uh-huh, sure, honey, whatever. You know, and we're looking at houses. Some houses were even putting, you know, offers in. Nothing. Mm-hmm. And then this, and then I got promoted. And I was already at uh, the other company. Mm-hmm. I got promoted, so it was like, okay, you know, like, even if we get a new house, you know, and that's like, okay, you know, like, it's more affordable, and at that time, it was trading cash for cash, it was like, you're paying more for a house, but you're also getting a lot more for your it's house. It's true, yeah. yeah. So, we we find this house, and we're like, okay, whatever it takes, we're going to get it, and our realtor was amazing, and, and we got the house, and, you know, guess what? closing date july 31st or something wow. like that like it was something yeah, like man. ridiculous like like it, it was like at the end of july my she'll say stuff like that that's like oh my that's god crazy. like like i don't know like like <laughs> it, it is so ridiculous like the stuff that, that she fruitions to life you know out of speech yeah. or, or just you know there's so many i can't even think but it's amazing she, I give her all the credit, just not to her face. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I did tell her like she she she's great <laughs> with that stuff. Yeah, I, I I mess with my, my I'm a little too sarcastic. I don't live a serious life. I live a life of sarcasm and comedy. Um, and like my wife, she worked as <laughs> we she worked like forty eight hours at least, maybe fifty two. And she she just did this shift where she worked. She, she works at, like, a, a really nice little restaurant because um, it's, like, you get a bunch of cash, you know, at the end, it's the 2 o'clock. And she come home, sleep four hours, then go work at the hospital overnight at a 12-hour shift. And she come home the next day, she's like, I'm so tired. I was like, I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> she makes her so mad. But she, know, she knows I'm just messing around. Like, but, like, I, I do it all the time. But, you know, her intuition, right, 
and you were talking about how your wife has just that intuition, how, how she can place something into the world and make it happen and know that it's going to happen, believe that it's going to happen and make, and that action actually happens. So my, this, my wife, this one time she, she was having, she, it was when she was like actively dreaming, right? She, she, she called, she goes over to my, her mom's house and she's like, you got to call your friend. Like, I don't know. She just, I have a feeling a call her friend, calls her friend. Her friend just finds out that like, you know, she, she's going to die in like six months. So like, I asked my wife, like, is that like difficult? Like you always deliver the bad news. Like, why isn't it like, Hey, um, you should buy a lottery ticket tomorrow because you're about <laughs> to be rich. You know, it's always the bad news. So now like when, she, when she, and here's the other thing, she'll have bad feelings. She'll like, I got a bad feeling about this. And I'm like, what exactly is going to happen? Am I going to die? Like, what's, what's good? She's like, no, it's just a bad feeling. I don't know. And then I don't know because she can't put her finger on it. And then like something like, you know, something yeah. in the world happens, but and that's I, the, the other side of the coin is like, I'm like I am uh, such a guy of facts, science, kind of like, <laughs> like, like basically it's like, there's no way that this is happening. There's no way that you're oh, yeah. doing that. But at the same time, I'm just like, Hey, ride the wave. You know, if it's good news, it's good news. Yeah. It's, <laughs> like, it's, it's like, good for us, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, here, like, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> like, you shouldn't take that job. Take that job. And it turned out better, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. things like that. That's just, like, amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's what my when, my, when I took, so I was still doing my undergraduate degree when I took the current position I have now. And they asked my wife, I was like, yeah, should I do it? She's like, this is a really good thing. I have a great feeling about this. And for the last decade, it's been great. You know, so like I, I point is that I have to listen to her when she mm -hmm. when she comes in. She's like, I have a feeling about this. I'm like, yeah. man, I'm stuck with it. I, I remove my decision making ability out of it and I ride the wave. There's so a, uh, I don't know what it is, Chinese proverb or whatever, but the farmer basically is sitting near his farm and you know one of his cows gets loose and everybody from the town comes over and says well i'm sorry about the cow he's like good and it's like it's like maybe maybe not you know like basically it's like sorry you know and then you know like then the you know basically all these things happen to him that no matter what if it's good or bad you know, he's never happy or sad about it because it's like, it could be good, it could be bad. Mm -hmm. And at the end, it all kind of comes to fruition. It's like, oh, you know, this happened for that reason, this happened for that reason, you know, and all that stuff. So the, the story goes that, you know, like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't basically count your eggs, right? Like, you, you shouldn't do anything until the end, right? Mm -hmm. Because it, you never know. And so there was, it, it has happened where I'm like, I got fired or something like that, and you know, it was a dead end oh, job. And like the dead. good old days, man. I haven't been fired in a long time. I haven't thought about that in forever. <laughs> I know. Hey, man, did this you was... ever have the opportunity to fantastically quit a job? Fantastically quit a job. Like go out with a bang. No. I have, say. and it is a great feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. So I was I was working this. This job, uh, it was it was in a um, it was for for a for like a, a realtor company, and I had to go in there. I was young, so I had to like I had to go in there and clean the whole place overnight, right? And 
I did would do this like for multiple like properties they had because they were showing them. So I would go in there and they would give me like I don't know, I was young. I would get like a hundred bucks or something, right? But I had to be there from like midnight to eight. So it didn't take me that long to do everything. So I used to like hang out, you know, and like do my own thing and then read or whatever it was. I was you know, and a couple times some of the like the realtors would come in and like you didn't vacuum. I was like I vacuumed this whole place. You talking about like we don't see lines in the carpet? I was like, that's because you walked over it. <laughs> like, <laughs> so like they kept they kept at it, right? They kept doing that to me. And like one day, like I just went in there, and this was like my summer gig between like I was still in school at the time. I went in and I had the keys in my hand, and they were like, I found out they were like talking shit about me about how I don't vacuum, and I was like, this is so meaningless. You're talking about me vacuuming your floor that's not dirty anyway, but I did vacuum. <laughs> so I went into, they were both in their office and I heard you guys were talking about behind my back, you know, and they, and they were like, no, no. And I was like, you know what? I don't need your effing job. And I quit and I had the keys in my hand and I did a full like slam on the desk and I went boom and I slammed the keys down on the desk and ever their papers and pencils and whatever important crap they had went flying off the desk and I slammed the door and walked out of there. Let me tell you. That's a memory I have, and I probably shouldn't have quit that way. <laughs> but man, was it fun to do! Yeah. Now the time that I got fired, it was I just started getting into programming. I was a data and data collecting kind of job where we would hire contractors to uh -huh. clean out uh, foreclosed homes, and it was like I there was a point of it where they would bring in their application and they would give us all the zip codes that they. Uh, that they would service mm -hmm. and so a lot of times like it would just be like a row of zip codes and we had an excel that you would take those zip codes and it would go and translate to cities and areas mm -hmm. that the map would be covered so it was so horrible the the excel workbook that that they had that at the time when I first started getting into programming, I was like, oh, I could take all this and I could put it into a program and it would spit out or the other way around. They, you would, they would give us the counties or everything like that and you would mm -hmm. need to put in zip code because the system needed that. Like one of those things. The point being that I, I wrote a program that, that would do that for me mm -hmm. and <laughs> just getting into C-sharps, I installed it on my machine. So by 11 p.m., wait, 11 a.m., I'm already done with all my work. I'm just chit-chatting. And so they're looking at me and they're like, you know, like, oh, you should be doing this. And it's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. You know, and they didn't like that. And then everybody started noticing that. And they were like, oh, I want that program. I want that program. Mm -hmm. Turns out the Excel sheet that was written was written by the guy who's in the corner office now. And he maybe took it the wrong way that it it was crap. You, know? <laughs> you made it better. <laughs> and I made it better. <laughs> and instead of saying, oh, you got great talents, like maybe we could use it in other ways. No, they, they fired me. So, uh, Douchebags, man. Yeah. You know, I'm glad they did because I, I never would have known you maybe <laughs> if you had to stay in that dead end job, right? Yeah, and it, and it was so stupid. But like I was just like, you know, oh my God. And my wife's like, yeah, no, it's going to be better yeah, it was better. Because yeah. it was like one of those things I was like, yeah, I'm just, I was just comfortable. It was this yeah. easy job that I was just comfortable at. 
And I wouldn't pursue, you know, this career if it mm -hmm. wasn't for that. You know, I was kind of like playing around with it and I wasn't, you know, fully invested into it. But getting fired, it lit me up to yeah, go and actually get a real programming job where I made, you know, probably twice, three times yeah. more. Easily. <laughs> and and now you're like an aficionado, you know, like <laughs> your, your opinions are like, you know, at when, when Jose says something, like at least on, on team, I say it to other people I talk to. Like, oh no, Jose said that it works this way. When I hear that word, that sentence come out of someone's mouth at work, I'm like, then that's the way it works. Like, no, there's no more questions. <laughs> Jose is most likely right. You have to really prove that he's not right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Thank you, but no, you're the man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. But don't you think it's it's important? There, think... there are certain people that I feel that way, though. Like Tim Hubers, you know. Uh, Tim's almost I, never I, it's, 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 you know, it's like, I... okay. <laughs> I think one time I, I so I got Tim on something one time in, in all the years I think, but he's t Tim is is always 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 right. On point, yeah. He's smart man. You know, he's we we work with smart. a lot of smart individuals, and that, that's we do. It's uh, it's actually um, at times it's like like you know what? As the team grow, the one thing I, the imposter syndrome was insane for me. Like I was like, man, am I even good at what I do anymore? There, like there is that. And I then, know. like, it took me a while, but then eventually, I, like, my, my, like, because other really, like, other good people were, like, like, really doing great work, it made my work better. Yeah. And then when that got noticed by others as being good, I was like, it, it left I was me working was at a law firm. It was, like, a top tier law firm. It was, like, one of the best in mm -hmm. the world. And their headquarters is in Philly. And, when I got there, it, it imposter syndrome sinked in so much because the stuff that we were working on and the technology that we were working on, mm -hmm. there was guys who wrote books on it that yeah. were sitting next to me. It's intimidating. It's intimidating as f, and I'm just like, oh my god, like, you know, like, do I belong here? Am I, you know, like, basically, you know, like. I don't know, like, it, it was such a big imposter syndrome, and, but then, like, after a while, you're like, oh, okay, you know, I have skills that they don't, and mm. I complement this, and I do that, you know, and then you start seeing your place in it, and, and it kind of goes away, but yeah, like, that, that was the biggest for me, when, when coming into a place where I feel like, oh my god, the imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I, I had it, it's a, when we started working um, with contractors at work, Todd came on, right? And, uh, you know, I was the only other Angular, one of the only other Angular devs there, front-end people there that, like, know it. And yeah, I just, I went to his talks at code camps yeah. to learn how to do things like linting right, you know? And I was just, he was, like, showing me something, and, and I was like, man, like, I'd really like to, like, you know, it's, it was like, we need to talk to the guy who wrote a book on this. And he was like, yeah, I wrote a book on that. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Show me what to do exactly. <laughs> so really smart individuals. We do. We're lucky. Actually, we're I, lucky. I feel really blessed and lucky to be around the people I do. But one of the things that I that I feel is important in my life is that I always move forward in as far as like my career because we spend eight hours a day doing it. Right. It's important to think about it and kind of shape it into the direction you want it to go. So that's why I always said, you know, I want to move forward. I want to do different things, right? Yeah. So start out with 
development. And I love writing code. I still love writing code. Um, and I still do it. Uh, but then I got it heavily into like design and started doing a lot of design because I see design everywhere yeah. in everything. So I love that. And then just the nature of wearing many hats, you know, got me into more of a management role. And then I really started loving that. And I learned from the, because I'm closer to the other managers yeah. there. So I, I learn about those things. I really love that. And the more you're thinking like, you know, what's next? You know, what's the next thing? I always try and either progress or change, change it up. Yeah. And I think that's why I see a lot of developers um, where they just want to write code, they bounce around a little bit uh, because they like the frequency of change of doing new, new and different things. The thing that's different about the team that we work on is that we're always almost on the bleeding edge of doing things. That's true. And then there's also like, you know, like the people who, you know, are experts in something. Awesome. The yeah. culture is awesome. And then there's people who is expert one thing and that's great, but I don't want to be that. <laughs> I, I, I want to be, you know. Yeah, I want to know everything. Jack of all trades. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, and what do we call it? Um, says this it's the the the, the like knowing many things but master of none jack of all trades jack of all ma- trades but master of none is better yeah. than than, than yeah. some or something or, yeah something like that right yeah it's better than one and that's it's that's better than one master know, of one is master of none is better than one or something like that the full saying goes okay. but yeah i always like when someone who has a ton of experience and says that they're like like did you know how to like r- like did you know how to like write for a, a you know this like intense piece of code that like no it's like no nah, i never knew how to do it. do it i just went to the internet and then i wrote the words down on the computer and just and started to work you know like <laughs> like language and where they make it seem yeah. so simple right it's it's not it was just the one thing that i found amongst professionals in general really good ones that care about their profession is that their level of troubleshooting is different the way that they can pull a problem apart and solve it again it's, that's it like it's 100 really that, that, that you know what is about you know can you troubleshoot can mm-hmm. you you know break it down into small pieces and 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 pass one thing after another until you find a problem mm-hmm. you know but it, it, if you're good at that then you know the rest is just syntax and you can find out how yeah. to do it I used, to, I used to think i was pretty good at it until keyshore showed me how to do it who yeah. worked with man he was he was like he's like oh no no do it this way he would he knew the browser he knew all the tooling right really well but the way he would he would pull an app apart locally he would bring it down to the smallest thing of where he thought yeah. the problem was break point it out until he found the exact spot and then put it all back together again. yeah yeah it was so impressive to watch it like and that's how you know i learned something from everyone i work yeah. with well man let's yeah. wrap it up there for the first podcast all right all right man Later, bro. Great stuff,